Okay, we're connecting. Should we do the headphones? You can, but there's reverb, and so nah. generally I don't do it. Yeah, and I don't want to hear myself. All right, I'm going to connect. And we are on, although it says our bandwidth is low, so I'm not sure what that means, but we'll see how long we can stay connected. <laughs> now recovered. Has now recovered. Okay. okay. Anyway, I'm Roberta Fallon, and we're at Moore College's little radio station, and I'm here with Tiana McLaughlin today. Hello, Tiana. Hi, how are you doing? Good, thanks for coming in on this terrible day. Hot, 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 100 degrees feels like out there. Mm -hmm. So Tiana is an artist and a recent Pew Fellow. Yes. Congratulations, Thank you. 2016 Pew Fellow. That's really awesome. Mm -hmm. So how does it feel? It feels awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, you know, it feels really great. And um, the t yeah, the timing is just, I think, matching a lot of the things that I'm trying to do, so it just really feels good, good. to be able it's to do those. Good, to bump things. it up to yeah. the next level mm -hmm. kind of thing. That's mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. How old or young are you? Can I oh, ask yeah, that question? Because yeah. you proud look of my, really young. Yeah, I look like, <laughs> I like to say my age, because everybody's like, you look very young. I'm 35. I just turned 35 July 2nd. Oh, yeah. uh, congratulations. You just had a birthday. Yeah. Well, you know what? You don't look 35. So <laughs> let me join no. that chorus that says you don't look over 20, maybe. Yeah, I get carded everywhere. So. <laughs> well, enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> um, so Tiana is a multimedia, is it fair to say multimedia video and film mm -hmm. artist? Is that yeah. how? I'm a sculpture, interdisciplinary, I think all the whatever, yeah. But mostly, I, I mean, I primarily identify as like a filmmaker even in thinking about the sculptures because they're all like related to the films, you know? Okay. So, yeah. All right. And you are, um, you have a project this summer that's going to be at the Icebox in some upcoming show. Mm -hmm. And you're working with uh, curator Kate Craxon on that from the ICA, right? Yeah, yeah. Kate's okay. going to um, do a new arrangement of um, my uh, movement one from my um, Be Alarm series, which is this epic four-part film that I've been working on for a long time. <laughs> okay, great. When did you become a filmmaker? When did you decide you were an artist? And then what was your path to becoming a filmmaker? 2002. Okay. Um, I quit my job. At, like the last, um, I think, formal job that I would have at uh, Joe Muggs in Atlanta, Georgia. I um, like Is walked off the shop? job. Yes, coffee. It's a coffee shop and newsstand. I remember they tried to like make it this new thing, and I don't even know if they exist anymore as a, a chain or anything, right? Huh. But um, yeah, it was in uh, uh, Midtown. Um, Are you from Atlanta? No, I'm originally from uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Ah. Yeah, 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 and. Um, yeah, I quit the job because I um, had just literally dropped out of uh, college and uh, started working with the only mentor that I had, um, have ever had, um, uh, Larry Steele, who was working at um, Spelman uh, College's uh, media, educational media um, department, center, and I started working one-on-one -on -one with him, um, and I made the decision to leave school to work with him because I felt like I could really um, advance what I thought I was going to do when I went to Clark Atlanta um, in terms of like the TV and the film stuff, but it just wasn't, it wasn't moving fast enough for me. And I think huh. I felt like a little bit pressured as, um, you know, a woman to try to reach into production work. And I was really interested in technical work. So um, I just wanted to kind of be able to go at it. And um, Larry gave me that opportunity and was really tough <laughs> on tough. me. 
Yeah, like and a, um, you were working on his projects, or on I was your working. Own? It was so it was so lovely. Um, it was like you know semi formal um, work on the school's projects because basically it was a like the people who worked there outside of him. He was a actual staff uh, member, but they would contract all these really cool and awesome media um, folks from the area of Atlanta to come and cover events at the school and the AUC in general, like, you know, Spelman, Morehouse, um, Clark Atlanta at the time, Morris Brown, um, those events. And it was a chance to, like, just get a range of skills across all types. And then he was just awesome enough to bring in, go the extra mile, I think, and, and tap into his own personal network and bring in actual film people. Um, and we would just have talks. I would be able to talk one-on-one -on -one with these people and like advance like all my notions and thoughts about what I wanted to do. And then I worked on my stuff and was able to use the equipment free of charge, you know? Like he would give me his camera and everything. Wow, that's great to have access to the equipment because that's often a stumbling yeah, that's block, it. right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, the biggest thing for me, I mean, I had never even um, held a video camera, hmm. you know, or owned one until I like won one as a semi-finalist for this, like, Seventeen magazine thing uh, that I did when I was, like, a um, sophomore, in, you know, in college. I, like, I just didn't have access to that. I grew up with little means, and um, definitely there was no video or film or anything. So um, being able to have access to equipment, I think, is primarily why people even go to school for this, because you can – it's really a – it's a work-learning thing, I think. But um, school, it allows you to just have access to the equipment. So, yeah. It sounds like what you had was almost like an apprenticeship, old school apprenticeship. Yeah, it was. Learning mm -hmm. from a mentor mm -hmm. that kind of takes you under his wing and shows you, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. doesn't really, you know, at a certain point doesn't want to mess with your own yeah, aesthetic or your own. Yeah, he said that. I mean, he said really? that, and it was a big deal because this is like a guy, <laughs> this is like an older black man who's like completely different from you know different interests for me i'm like black career radical even more hype and activist at the time and i'm like talking about all the stuff i want to do and he was like you know he just kept it really real with me and was like i will never interfere with what you're trying to do creatively and he was just like but i'm going to kick your ass um technically because you have to like um have a hold of your uh you know your your tools to do all these wild things that you're trying to do and, I, and he never interfered with my creative I mean, and that's like that's super important, and I think it's rare. Just talking a couple to a couple of folks that had mentors who were a little too heavy-handed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to help you edit and, <laughs> and then do their work, do and that's their it. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's tough. I think it's tough for all art teachers to mm -hmm. kind of let go. Yeah, you have to let go, and he was just. I think it was just because he was very comfortable where he was. He was, hmm. you know, he was in his career, and he was like, "This is the work I'm doing," and. I don't have time for this stuff that you want to do running up with, you know, behind people with cameras and stuff. So it was just an awesome, awesome combination. So I looked around online a little bit at mm -hmm. your work, and I noticed um, sassy thriller gang killer. Yeah, <laughs> sassy black. I really love yeah, yeah. that one. It's this, um, it's black and white. It's very moody. Yeah. It's like film noir, shot at night. Yeah. Um, beautiful music, you yeah. know, like hip-hop. Yeah dreamy so was that early on after you kind of commenced work mm, with film and video is that a video or it's is a, that yeah, a it's film? a video it's a video it's that a video. We, we shot last year oh. um yeah that's like so that's yeah recent. it's recent recent um shot that video on my on an iphone 4 
Yeah, in one hour. So that's hour. what are your tools now? Yeah, yeah. I shoot like for. I like to shoot with across all like. That's great. I mean, I think uh, cameras, devices, especially the devices that let me be like a little bit more stealth or subversive to get like certain kind of performances and things like that. It's become something that I. I've done a lot of as of recently. Yeah, yeah. Does yeah. that make it really messy editing? So you're it, pulling from a camera and a phone and a this and a that. It could, but I mean, I think I'm so used to that workflow that I am, I am um, not, I'm not intimidated by what the prep takes, right? So I edit all my stuff as well. So the influx, you know, the intake. I know I have a day or two just to get it together, size it how I want to, and I know how to do it. Um, if I did not know how to do it, it would not be something that I would do just because I've already developed like a, a mainstreaming for myself mm -hmm. but it's fine I think it makes for a good um, approach and uh, thinking about texture which is really why I started doing it it was just like really wanting to revisit these discarded devices um, hmm. that are seen as like not qu the quality not being good but it has a texture to it that I, I just like I'm, I'm finding like an eye for so interesting so was that on commission to be a music video? It, it seems in the genre of music video. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I've done a couple of music videos. With that one, I, um, you know, Kat is a friend of mine. I, I did an actual um, video that was like a, you know, for a record label with um, her um, group, The Satisfaction, the recognition one, right? So that was like a real formal, like I think, I guess you would call a commission of sorts. But um, this one, I reached out to her. I wanted to work out an idea about... Um, uh, pushing the image to the blackest that I could, like how how could I shoot um, at night and still like render someone th someone visible, and also wanted to in to mix in all of this archival footage that I have just been accumulating all you know all these years, um, and really just see what how I could blur the lines with like you know time. It's like it was really like you know past pu present future type thing. Like how could I blur the line and make people think of like when what time was it shot when was it you know shot so yeah 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 well it's it's really a knockout i loved it um so let's talk about you being a fellow a 2016 mm -hmm. fellow in bern switzerland at the zentrum paul clay yeah yeah that yeah sounds summer so academy great. yeah it's wild i mean i i that's like i mean you know next to the pew one of the biggest like super like whoa you know type things that um really like made me feel good about where my practice is headed because you had to be nominated for it um and they choose you know 12 out of 150 international applicants out of this nominated group of artists and the artists they chose are so amazing um and so when i got the you know the, the word that i was selected it was just like very affirming for me um, I've never been to uh, Switzerland, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. And working under, um, I think, the the, the, the whole uh, the curator or the leader for this year's is uh, Thomas Hershorn. I saw that. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah, so it's going to be, you know, He's an very intense. political. Yeah, and I am very political. So, it's, I don't know, it was a good vibe. Like, you know, <laughs> everything is, like, really working out. I was like, so, and, I mean, his whole structure for this 10 days that I have no idea what's going to happen, right, is, like, the, the literal question is where do I stand and what do I want and that's it and so that's like what I had to respond to um, in the actual like application as a nominee and I just thought it was a phenomenal like way to kind of cut to it um, which is like what I like to try to do you know well you you strike me as someone that feels the clock ticking yeah and so it's like urgent yeah no it's urgent I mean I think 
you know, for me, with my practice and where it's at, and the kinds of, um, you know, social political things that I put in there um, are really urgent. I mean, that's really why I, I try to explain to my friends when they're like, oh, you work so hard. And I'm like, I work so hard because these things are so timely. Like, it's like, I don't feel like I um, am of the ilk of an artist that can say, oh, when I'm 60, I'm going to look back and think about doing the work that critiquing the time from this like past perspective I'm like I really kind of need to get into it now um, and then I also have a, a personal past that I am already kind of trying to critique myself so I mean it's just like things are pretty urgent for me yeah so let's talk about your um, Be Alarmed the Black Americana epic mm -hmm. this is something that you've been working on for a number of years for, I think yeah, you alluded to it earlier time. a long time <laughs> So is this partly autobiographical? Are yeah. you weaving yourself, or entirely autobiographical? Yeah, I mean, I, what is it? It's, Tell people. So what basically, it is. "Be Alarmed," the Black Americana epic, is a um, my, you know, it's like it's like attempts because I mean it's still in progress. Um, my attempt to make this deconstruct uh, the genre of epic film and film in general and create my own version or. Uh, almost like an interpolation, like not even interpretation, interpolation of a um, epic film by separating um, it, separating the actual structure by allowing only access through scenes, trailers, objects, and sound, um, and film stills. And so my interest is like kind of like examining my overall interest in like true love for like film in general it's like one of the earlier things aside from books that I was able to really kind of vibe with um, but also challenge the idea around memory in relationship to movies um, and how you remember a film um, what you take from it as well as like memory of an individual so this kind of goes into um, like really exploring or trying to create a visual biomythography. Um, and so the element of me trying to really like stretch that out, it comes from um, me including like biographical elements, but being open to myth um, and bringing in like, you know, um, historical context that maybe I didn't have a direct line to, but someone in my family had a direct line or situating a narrative of my family's through, you know, a different kind of thing. So Can it's. Can you give an example of some of the films that are interwoven with? or sounds, hmm. or stories, or Yeah, yeah, oh material. yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the biggest source, you know, for the movement one that'll be um, on display at the, um, you know, Icebox for the show coming up in August is like, uh, really the intro piece is movement one, it's the only one that I'm doing in order, or did first. Um, and it explores um, my, uh, my, gr my, my paternal grandfather and my maternal mother's uh, narrative, um, primarily as the core. Um, because of my um, direct connection to them. Um, I did not meet, get the chance to meet my mother's mother, but I had an idea of her, so I felt always connected. It was, she was, you know, spoken of very interesting. She was like a myth in her own right just because of um, the life she led. So it's me kind of like taking those elements. For example, my, my grandfather um, is, you know, he... He was in the military. Um, most of the men in my father's family were all military. I'm like kind of breaking the chain and not going into the military. That's how entrenched my family is in the military. Um, my mother's um, mother was a domestic, um, you know, and 
you know, spent in time in and out of doing that. So I'm kind of like looking at those narratives, I think, in a, a way that's not um, kind of beating a dead horse on how you could look at that. But just, you know, sh I'm, I'm going as far as like ideas around nuance in terms of like the narrative of the time um, and how I'm trying to visualize it, but then also like very like specific and maybe even reductive by taking elements of the clothing. Like, so my lead um, in that wears a, 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 general, a military Air Force jumper and has some of the same, you know, garments that are also associated with domestic work at the same time as she navigates through like a North Philadelphia, you know, landscape. So it has all to do with like me doing this macro micro imagining, you know, and reimagining thing that um, will ultimately serve as like something I think that is, you know, biographical in a sense, but also very controlled. I mean, that was like my, in my interest, there's things I want to happen that I know that didn't happen, but I want them to happen, right? So <laughs> I, I'm doing them and I'm acknowledging it as, you know, potentially fictitious, you know, but I like the idea of the myth because it, it comes from a, you know, a real place, a truthful place, you know? You're making up your own myth. Yeah, make, and point. making up your own myth. And I think that that's super important, um, especially, especially as a black artist who comes from, um, I'm the first artist in my family, right? And, and um, I think it's important to think about a reclamation of that myth um, and not rely on a lot of the things that you are like told um, by certain kind of archives that you haven't kept. You know, there's a way that you tell, you, you know, we tell stories to each other about the people that we know that um, would be discounted elsewhere as like, oh, that's not true, but it's true. Like, you know, when somebody tells you how, you know, wild your grandma was and how she knocks them, you know, that's true. I want it. I want to see it. You know what I'm saying? And I, I got to see it. And that's where, that's where the desire comes from for me. If you don't write your own story, someone else will write it for you, exactly. right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. how, how long is Movement One? And is it complete? Yeah, Movement One is done. It was finished um, 2014. I, the first time I showed um, it in full was at the Esther Klein uh, oh. Gallery. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was a labor <laughs> to, I mean, because it was just a very, it was really a difficult unpacking of my family's history and looking at a lot of images that I hadn't really looked at a lot um, for a long time. And so this, uh, the, the next movements are like, you know, I think I'm jumping around and kind of like mixing them up, you know, and making them in terms of like thinking about seriality, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, like narrative across like a long time, mm -hmm. a long, ter long term investment of uh, unpacking like visual, I don't know, practice. So it's a story, but it's not a linear story. Not at all. Not okay. at all. I mean, it's I, jumping around. yeah, it's about the scenes. It's like I, I mean, at, at the core, it's like I had to think about how I remember films that I watch. I'm like, I have a really good memory, mm -hmm. but most times I only remember a scene. <laughs> this, I might even watch the whole film just for the moment. You know, it's just one like three minute moment, and so I really wanted to play with that, like, and do both, like, look at the scene, but also look at the trailer that brings you into the idea of the film. Um, and play with that tension, yeah. So, is there music? Do oh, you, yeah. And, and uh, dialogue? Do you script it? There right? is, this first movement, no. No dialogue, for the most part. No dialogue, um, very minimal um, dialogue. Um, the music is all like, I, and I call it music because I feel like North Philadelphia has a sound of its own. Um, 
you know, like the the atmospheric sound. So there's like natural the natural sound, and I think I include like one archival, and then I also use fireworks. Um, firework a fireworks show that I shot here in Philly in 2010 kind of like serves as some of the sound underneath it in terms of like a score. Um, the future ones, yeah. I mean, because I think um, music is something uh, that I had neglected for many years in my practice. And I just um, recently, like, you know, two years ago did a sound residency um, in West Philadelphia and really like fell in love with that as a practice, like stripping away the eyes, you know, and figuring out how to hear and listen and create a narrative through uh, music and um things of that nature and also working on the music videos I think you know really brought it home to how music can shape things but I don't think that it will be like music with voice I think I'm like interested in collaborating with like composers you know and and picking some specific sounds that relate to certain time periods yeah so do you see this series as ending or is it oh, going yeah. to be it has open an end. ended? It has it has an end. End. It's written. It's as an end. Um, it's, it's not filmed yet though. Yeah, no, is no, no, it? no, 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 no. I mean I have I mean one of the parts what's awesome about, you know, the Pew in terms of like some of, you know, the financial opportunities as well as just the time that I can like buy to think and really flesh out um and plan is that I can move forward with one of the more difficult parts, which is a sixteen millimeter. It's gonna be shot in sixteen millimeter black and white. Um, and I just Basically, I have like the camera, I have the film. I've had it, had the film for like a year. I just haven't had the money f to process. The, That's like old school, right? Yeah, it's old school. I'm like revert, yeah, reverting um, to kind of match the time frame because it's going to kind of be set in 1930s. So I'm really trying to match like um, I think the time periods by just looking at the formats, which is something I'm into. Do you go on eBay to find your cameras? Yes, yeah, I go on eBay to find my cameras. I go on eBay to sell my cameras. Yeah, I got. Well, I actually, you know what? Really, Philadelphia is so awesome. I mean, you go to flea markets here, and you run up on the rarest, you know, a film camera that you. Oh, I want this camera. It's like twenty dollars at the flea, flea market. I always tell people, I'm like, you know, I don't know what it is about Philly and these cameras, but they really have a lot. So I've accumulated most of my cameras from Philadelphia, like literally. Like That's, there's got to be a story in that somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. That's I don't know. Maybe it's because you know it goes back to like I mean the thing about Philly is like you find so much weird stuff that's preserved <laughs> so well. But I think it's because it's like birthplace of America. People had a lot of things first. Like they had the you know cameras. And they were probably just chilling with them and kept them in pristine condition. Because mm -hmm. I mean I I found amazing stuff that's mm. like pristine, like no rust and no. Nothing. I'm Someone just like, loved that thing. Yeah, until yeah. Until they ditched it. Yeah, yeah. Like somebody kept it up, and it's not inflated. Oddly enough, I'm like, it's really. I think Philly's kind of unique in that way. Yeah. So when did you arrive in Philadelphia and tell the story of how oh, you wound yeah. up here? I came um, to Philadelphia uh, fall of 2006. I think it was October. Yeah, November, October. Um, and this October will be my 10th anniversary. Yeah, ah. as a Philadelphian, I think I'm. Officially, a are you official now? Yeah, yeah, I think I might be <laughs> official. Um, and I came from it. Yeah, I came from Atlanta, and, and in Atlanta, of course, from you know, continuing my time, uh, you know, from 2002, I think, to 2004, 2000, like late 2003, with my mentor, I started immediately working in the field, right? And um, so I was doing music video um, production uh, work uh, as like, you know, everything from 
um, I started very early as a PA and like worked myself up to assistant director work. And so I was getting into like really getting into like directing for TV and film. Are you in the union? I oh, assume no. that's unionized. Uh, no, not when I was in Atlanta. No, I mean, if I would had done that in New York, it would have been a different story. Like I'm actually glad I had the off kilter experience in Atlanta because I didn't, I didn't, I did not need to get stuck in that. And that's kind of like why I came to Philly because what was happening is that production work is so grueling for like film. Um, and video stuff, your your hours, you know, 18-hour days, it's just a, that's just the norm. That's right. That's just the norm, 12, 16, 18-hour days, um, in and out, back-to-back. Back. You make good money, but you do not have time to do the work that you want to do. And so what I found is that um, I think I, need, I needed to vacate the city because I was getting a lot of work and nothing was changing. Um, and I wasn't able to finish a project that I had been working on, so I was like, I have to go. And so I went on a tour of cities, um, to see where I could p possibly be. And I had I'd gone, oddly, I don't know why I went to Boston, but I'd gone to Boston, I went to D.C., I went to Philly, you know, I went to New York, all these places. I was just, uh, the Boston thing was so crazy. I was like, how did, did I get Did you know anybody in any of these cities? No, I went on a road trip with some friends. And, um, yeah, I came to Philly, and it was just a vibe. I, I, I don't know, it was, and I had um, a, a friend who's still here, a real good friend, um, Aisha Sheeta Simmons, amazing uh documentary filmmaker and activist and writer and academic all this stuff um who lives here and i just i thought it was so dope that her community was like of working artists and i really wanted that like black um working artists who were doing a range from activist work to like commercial work or whatever and um so i just researched the city a bit more and made the move so community then is yeah. a really big thing for you yeah i think it's good even if i'm you know because i'm a bit reclusive right um but i like to be able to say that i can go and talk with other artists i think it's super important like i, I like to go see other artists work i don't think it's good to have the huge high low thing um and when i say high low it's about like huge hollywood <laughs> you know like, <laughs> like in atlanta it's like you go to the movies and you just see you know hollywood super you know superman and stuff like that philly i mean you can go see a movie screen of someone who lives in Philadelphia, who made that film in Philadelphia. Um, you can go to an art show and see a Philadelphia artist. Um, I did not have that experience in Atlanta where I was able to go and see artists in Atlanta who had shows, you know what I mean? And I really um, thought that maybe I could be able to do that myself, and I was, you know, eventually able to do it. Yeah. That's really great. You must know about the Black Star Film Festival. Yeah, I've I've shown in there Have like you? two yeah two two uh, years yeah yeah I've shown nice. yeah shown experimental work. Um, I showed a short film that I did um, years ago. Uh, Maori is a, a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. I remember I, I was um, actually remember when she was working on it in general, and it's like kind of grown into something that's like I think a viable um, you know producer of like culture, bringing folks into the city, um, you know. Like, I don't know if there's anything else like it. And it's one of the better uh, uh, fests in this area. Like, I mean, I think there was, like, kind of a dead space, you know? Like, I mean, New York has um, some film festivals as well, especially targeting, like, you know, black and people of color films. But it's a different vibe. Um, and, I, you know, I, ha I don't really think any of the other work that I'm doing from here for probably the next couple of years would function within that space because I'm actually trying to transition away from that, like, film festival stuff. But um, it's a festival that I, uh, I recommend to everybody. I'm like, you need to come do it because it's one of the few festivals that actually allows you to interact with <laughs> other filmmakers um, who are 
trying to make films, other actors who want to be in films, who, you know, financers or whatever, if that's what you want to do, it's like one of the few ones that um, kind of allows that. And I think that is also about Philly too, is the accessibility of it. You know, um, it's not so hardcore. Like New York is a little weird. Their film festivals, it gets very industry, VIP lounge and, you know, <laughs> very strange stuff. Like don't cross this rope. <laughs> like you're just sitting over there and I can see you, but I can't, you know, talk to you weird stuff, you know. Mm. So, but if you're transitioning out of festival, mm -hmm. uh, f who's the audience for your work then? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm doing, t I'm, uh, this next year is really about me investigating what that is. Like what, you know, I think it's a great uh, a question that, you know, probably put on my wall when I get back. I mean, because it's in my head. It's like, I, I like the gallery space and the gallery space not in regards to white walls i like a destination for you to enter work um i'm interested in uh getting away from sitting down in the dark i think that like that's the most that i can really say so i'm trying to figure out how what that looks like for public um, um in terms of public in engagement of work that is like not you know like not the corny like you know, I don't want to demean my audience, you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, like really good work in the community. Um, as well as like challenging the ideas of what gallery is and what that, where that could be, you know what I mean? Like, and the time of it, I don't know. So I'm like kind of exploring that. I mean, that's what I'm very excited about. I write a, note, a lot of notes daily about how I could think about the distribution of the work, you know, not just thinking about the production of the work, thinking about the distribution of the work, yeah. Do you ever think of starting your own gallery? Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> That's so crazy. It's like, I've been thinking about that for the past three years. It's like one of my biggest goals. I've been looking for property for um, the past two months. You know what I mean? Um, seriously? Seriously, yeah. Looking for um, property in, in, in North Philadelphia. And I'm not, I'm not even trying to do something that is um, so, like, high, like, really formal. And I, and I don't mean that as a dismissive space I just think that I'm interested in ch like challenging um, ideas of length um, proximity and location like you know I'm looking in North Philadelphia where I live um, I'm definitely in interested in engaging uh, a primarily black contemporary art um, you know contentiousy and like as well as like you know queer artists um, but I'm also interested in what the art, what the art could be, you know, like in terms of like the books and the presentations and things like that. So, but it's like really, I'm I want to have a space where I can work. So I'm really taking the time to set up a proper studio. I've never really had a consistent studio. No, yeah, you work just, out of your house. I just make work wherever. Wherever. Like, yeah, yeah. I just make. I mean, all the work that I've done, I've never had a consistent studio outside of like a residency, you know, type thing. Um, but I want to see what. Tiana in a, stu a consistent studio practice really will yield. Um, so your idea, you would buy a building or yeah. something like that and have a studio yep. and a space. And a space to show, not just mine, but like, you know, folks while I'm working, because my projects take forever. Like, that's why <laughs> I'm like not the, you know, quick fix, uh, you know, multiple, you know, come by this, right? Uh, like, I, my stuff can take as long as six years. I mean, like, the, the things that I'm, you know, trying to work on, my sculptures and objects and stuff, take at least a year to for me to feel good to, like, say, I'm going to show this. Um, so while I'm, like, in, you know, in the back working, I, I do want to take the time to, like, show 
um, you know, some ideas, and I'm interested in curatorial stuff, and I think it would be nice to be able to work out some ideas in a space that I don't have to go through, you know, an institution or go through a hierarchy, um, which is difficult here in Philly. That is a difficult thing here. Yeah. Well, Philly's a very DIY town, as you know. Yeah. You've been here, so <laughs> doing it yourself for better or for worse. Yeah, for yeah, that's true, for better and for, for worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's been fantastic talking to you, and thank you for coming down here, and I look forward to another chat someday soon. Yeah, definitely. Thank and you. And good luck finding a building. Yeah, Yay. there's so many. It's just like, actually, what is the investment? It's so crazy. Philly is something else, but... Yeah, I'm excited for it. I, I need. I think I need to do it. Even if I fail, I need to, you know, have a big failure. I don't know. I'm really like obsessed with that. It'll be movement number <laughs> twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just need the to failure. Do yeah, I'm like I just need to do something that's bigger, you know, and that's gonna shake me up a bit. So yeah. Cool. And when do you go to Switzerland? Is it this summer? Yeah, I'm gonna be there um, the 11th to the 21st of August. Have mm -hmm. fun. I hope it's wonderful. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be awesome. Excellent. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks.